Back together again, eh? Yeah. Let's play. On this podcast, we've talked multiple times about the 90s indie wave. The film festival circuit began to be used to scout new talent. Video cameras and filmmaking technology had become much more widely available, and there were many aspiring filmmakers who were eager to try to get spotted. A whole generation of filmmakers came out of Sundance Film Festival. These filmmakers would make an initial project on the cheap that would get a whole bunch of buzz on the film festival circuit, and then a larger production company would buy the distribution rights. Some examples included Kevin Smith, Wes Anderson, Jim Jarmish, Quentin Tarantino, and Robert Rodriguez, who we're going to be talking about tonight. After making a short film called Bedhead in 1990, which earned him a spot in the University of Texas at Austin, Robert Rodriguez made his first feature-length film on a $7,000 budget. It's not short at all. It's plenty of... I'm only using a few frames because it's an action sequence, so you only need a very small amount of film. That one cable that's tied around the pole right there, we put up, fastened it from that pole to a telephone pole across the street. And then what he does is slide across this with a, with a homemade pulley device that we had a local blacksmith make us for, 12 US dollars. We tested it in Carlos's backyard. Action! Now you recognize this guy here. He's one of the bad guys in the movie. Instead of having a film crew, I would just use my actors. I mean, they're just standing around anyway. So he was helping me by pulling me in the wheelchair as I got this shot of Carlos going overhead. We're actually just waiting for our bus to arrive. Here's our bus. What I did was I got all the way down the street with a zoom lens. So just this amount of money was a struggle to get, and Rodriguez raised half of it by being part of clinical drug testing experiments. El Mariachi was made for $1,700 less than the 9000 that Rodriguez had planned on. Probably the first indie film to ever be under budget. Rodriguez took it to film festivals and used a $7,000 price tag as part of the marketing. What way care? It would give it more style, more class to the place. This for almost nothing. My living comes mostly from tips. El Mariachi was premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 1993, which was the same year that Wes Anderson made his debut the short film Bottle Rocket. Rodriguez intended to try to sell El Mariachi to Latino straight-to-video distributors. However, it was bigger film to distribution companies who ended up being interested in it. If you want, if you're interested in making a movie, go make one, but make it cheap. Make it dirt cheap. Refuse to spend any money and see how much you can do with your creativity. So many people come up to me and tell me, oh yeah, I made this movie. We got it in for under, you know, 200,000, but oh, our investors are, oh, we don't know what we're going to do with it. And it's such a big production when you make a big production out of it. Don't. You can have a lot of fun and do some really cool stuff with just, you know, in your backyard with a few toys. And uh, that's it. Good luck. Carlos Guiardo, Rodriguez's friend, starred as El Mariachi, produced, and was the unit production manager. Columbia Pictures ended up liking El Mariachi and spent an additional $200,000 on post-production work, including transferring the prints of film. Even at this early stage, Rodriguez's trademarks, like the quick cuts, incredibly stylistic violence, and comedy mixed with action, was already apparent. He'd go on to stamp his name on them in movies like Sin City. El Mariachi became the lowest-budgeted film to ever gross $1 million at the box office. 
With that success, Robert Rodriguez began working on a sequel to El Mariachi. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Robert Rodriguez's Desperado. Rodriguez got a $7 million budget from Columbia Pictures to continue his trilogy. That allowed him to get stars like Antonio Banderas, Steve Buscemi, Cheech Marin, and Danny Trejo, and his friend, Quentin Tarantino. The reason I had to be so prepared on this movie was because at this time, Hong Kong action movies were the best action movies in the world. Movies like The Killer and Hard Boiled had over 120-day shooting schedules. This movie, I was only going to have 38, so I couldn't be screwing around. I had to really know exactly what I was going to be doing, have all my shots chosen ahead of time, because for this particular sequence, we only had two and a half days to get everything. I'm just looking for work. There's no work here. Something to drink. To make it look like we had more time, you had to have it planned out and shooting on video, as you'll see, is what really nailed it for us. Antonio really gets into the action. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, slow down. Antonio is just a natural. That's why we didn't even bother to get a stunt double for him. We came up with stunts that he could do himself because he's just so athletic and energetic. Antonio Banderas replaced Carlos Guiardo, who still served as Robert Rodriguez's co-producer and made a cameo in the film. After losing the love of his life, El Mariachi is on a mission to get revenge on the drug dealers and gangsters who are responsible for killing her and shooting his hand. All of the footage from El Mariachi of the hand being shot was reshot frame by frame with Antonio Banderas standing in. Desperado was also the breakout role for Selma Hayek. <laughs> in the unknown time period between El Mariachi and Desperado, El Mariachi has become a fearsome legend, wandering Mexico and killing drug dealers and gangsters. One by one, El Mariachi has hunted down the people who work with Moco, the gringo drug lord who shot his hand. The last one, maybe, so he says, Bucho, is located in a small city, Ciudad Acuna, near the Mexican border. El Mariachi is now joined by Steve Buscemi, apparently playing himself, but not as an actor, as a sidekick. And in walks the biggest Mexican I have ever seen. Big as shit. Just walks right in like he owns a place. Now, nobody knew quite what to make of him, or quite what to think. There he was, and in he walked. It's dark, too. El Mariachi still has the case of guns that he acquired in the original film. In El Mariachi, he is a simple musician who is mistaken for a violent criminal named Azul. In Desperado, El Mariachi appears to have become that ruthless criminal in his search for revenge. Pucho has the entire town, or so it seems, working for his drug empire. Selma Hayek's Carolina and a young boy that El Mariachi meets in the street are both part of it. Quentin Tarantino makes a cameo as a gringo who has come to the bar in town to score drugs. The two would go on to collaborate with Dust Till Dawn, Grindhouse, and would trade off work in future films like Sin City and Kill Bill Volume 2. This much larger budget allowed Rodriguez to fully embrace his trademark style. Although brutally violent, the violence is stylistic and often comedic. There are rampant explosions, large gunfights, and the fact that the violence is so clearly over the top takes away from some of the brutality and makes it more palatable. Rodriguez would go on to take this into the highest possible gear with Machete and Machete Kills later on. Although $7 million was an infinitely larger sum than the 7000 that he made El Mariachi for, 
Desperado would go on to gross $58 million at the box office, showing once again that Robert Rodriguez was a great investment. Watching this is young man, you got a bet. You got it okay? Here we go. Here we go. Pulls out his thing. He's looking at the glass, man. He's thinking about the glass. He's thinking about the glass. He's glass. He's thinking about the glass. Glass. Thinking about his dick. Dick glass. Dick glass. Dick glass. Be the glass. Dick glass. Dick glass. Dick glass. And then he lets it rip. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Right now, Conan is working on Catterwall 2023. Catterwall Music Festival is going to be in Minneapolis from May 26th to 29th. Tickets are on sale now at catterwall.org. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza and Bad Takes. Reagan Bush is an avid film fan, locking everything on Letterboxd, a composer, and the vocalist for the band Chat Pile, will be performing at Catterwall on Sunday, May 28th. I, of course, am your Mexican dive bartender, Horace Miller. Please make some noise for the most violent mariachi band this side of the Rio Grande. <laughs> You're the Cheech Marin of podcasting. You really are. I say People are saying it more and more. <laughs> <laughs> the bartender never gets killed. <laughs> Randy, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I should point out that playing Catterwall is not uh, a prerequisite to coming on the show, but uh, it happened to work out that uh, you guys are, and I'm really happy that you are. It looked like you had the old poster up, though. Didn't have Chapo on there. I know. But... That's, true. that's that's a good point. we well, we got to find this producer on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should have updated it. I didn't, I didn't, no I didn't worries. Either. I'm just kidding. He's going to get... He's going to walk, but no worries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's wild that we're doing this on Danny Trejo's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What a coincidence. So happy birthday, Danny Trejo. I know you're watching. Um, well, he's a big fan. He, he, he tends in every week. I, I always forget to go to uh, Trejo, Trejo's Tacos. Is that the name of the name of it? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's LA. it. And I, I remember, like, right after I leave L.A., basically. I've, I've never been there. All the, I mean, I have tacos every time. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, not not those specific tacos. I was, uh, I I was watching a – Just to get a T-shirt. Oh, there you go. I was, I was watching a clip of uh, Robert Rodriguez. Like, I was watching one of those talks he gave, mm -hmm. and he claims that his entire filmmaking career has just been about making sure that, like, Danny Trejo's, like, a big enough celebrity that he could have made the Machete films. Right. He's like, he's like, well, I kept making these projects. Just you know, I just expected yeah. that one day I was going to be able to like make a vehicle for Danny Trejo. So I mean, yeah. you know, his it's, second it's cousin, by the way. The, the man plays the long game. Is, is that true? Is he he's second cousins with the? Danny they, Trejo? they found out on the set of Desperado that they're second cousins. That's fun. Wow. <laughs> All right. Did right they on. get the guy from um, PBS, the Finding Your Roots show, to come onto the set of <laughs> Desperado? No, and... no, it was like the Mexican version of it, though. He, he shows up and he's just like, Finding I can 
<laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> well, we're off to a flying start, everybody. Uh, this is my favorite of the trilogy. I guess uh, you would call it by a pretty large margin. And um, yeah, I I had my expectations raised way too high for once upon a time in Mexico, which I like. And I think El Mariachi is, it's a great movie. It's incredible. Like, oh, here's what you can do with like almost no money whatsoever uh, Mm -hmm. example. But this, I think, is the most fully realized. And talent, too. Yes. Good Good addendum. Uh, But this is, I think, the most fully realized of of those ones, and it hits everything exactly right. And uh, I I find this movie uh, very enjoyable. And I'm glad I'm glad. Which which I'll say that uh, El Mariachi also um, is kind of fascinating because they expect you to just recast it and then kind of have a studio make like a a version that's more like this, where, you know, they had a budget and uh, either another director made a version of it or, you know, Robert Rodriguez did. And then that just didn't happen because people were like, no, this is pretty cool. Like, I'm down with this. So it's kind of, I mean, for the fact that it's like a movie that was just kind of a a vehicle that he wanted to put in the Sundance, like get funding to make something more like this, that he was kind of. It it accidentally got evil deaded too, you know, which was a different situation. But That's the best comparison for sure. I always think about evil dead Two being sort of kind of a remake, kind of a retcon sequel. Yeah. You get like first 10 minutes is is sort of like, all right, here's how we're making this a sequel. Here's basically the entire first movie, but like better production values. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's it's Peace very funny to watch them back to back though. And his like, you know, his his friend that's just like his co-producer on all of his projects Go is just know. playing yeah. El Mariachi. And then you flip right to fucking, you know, is Antonio Banderas. Like oh, at the peak the of full, his power, too. Yeah, Banderas like, is like full, sexy, oh. like uh, you know, long haired, like uh yeah. charisma all in there. You're like, oh man, like your friend Carlos never fucking stood <laughs> a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, no, no offense to uh, Carlos Gallardo, who was fantastic in El Mariachi. Like this, this is peak Antonio Banderas. I mean, there's a reason why, like, he became like an action star for a while. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, because I this think film. this is the first thing he did after uh, his big breakout role, which was um, uh, Interview with a Vampire. If I remember correctly, mm. like, well, like, time me, time he, me up, time me down he, was uh, uh, yeah. that was pretty popular amongst the art house circuit, but as far as mainstream, and, and same yeah. thing with uh, to- uh, that ballroom movie he did. Right. Yeah. But this is, I mean, it's kind of hard. Oh, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. It's just like, like, um, he was like this, 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 this figure off to the side that that people knew about, but not a a, a star. And then everybody finally got to see him in uh, an interview with a vampire. And it was like, oh, 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 we like this. Oh, that guy fucks. Okay. (laughs) His American (laughs) debut is uh, Philadelphia, I believe. That sounds right. <laughs> he's uh, Tom Hanks's lover, like, or you know, you know what I mean. He's in that movie. But yeah, he yeah. was a, he was a star in Spain before he came. He to was America. like a soap opera guy, I think, if I yeah. remember correctly, right? Yeah, but yeah, he's in that. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 uh, he did a Madonna movie. music video too. Yeah, but mm. this was it's kind of hard to explain exactly why in his eyes Desperado hit so hard. But in the American mainstream, there were not a lot of movies like this. Now, we say that now, and there's like a John Wick or John Wick-ish movie like every five minutes, it seems like. But 
this hit at exactly the right time where you have Banderas. Uh, Andy already disagrees with me. Fantastic. Uh, you have Banderas and Hayek both getting in, uh, uh, both superstars getting introduced to like a new audience. And then again, you have uh, Robert Rodriguez, who's like absolutely positively uh, bringing something incredibly special to on the American side of things, uh, like a relatively tired genre. And, you know, his own words paying homage to a uh, Kong Kong cinema. And it hit hard, and it made a lot of money, and 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 made a lot of money because a lot of people went and saw it. So this was a film that like, it was everywhere. And I, I happen to be lucky enough the one and only film class I ever took in the half a semester of junior college I took before I dropped out. Uh, they showed El Mariachi because this was coming out. So I actually saw El Mariachi before Desperado, and it was a it was like right at the right time for me too, where I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. Because I'm almost more, I was almost more impressed by by El Mariachi in some ways, but it was like kind of opened up the pathways, like when you see uh, Night of the Living Dead or something, and for the first time. I'm like, wow, these guys just, they just did it. No, nobody like stopped them. They just went and made a movie, you know. And, it's also, and- it's also uh, Tarantino right in between, you know, um, doing his guest star and role right in between uh, making. Um, you know, making Reservoir Dogs and making Pulp Fiction. I mean, right. obviously, by the time this came out, uh, Pulp Fiction had already come out a year earlier. But you know, he was uh, as as Robert Rodriguez says, he was Mister Mister Reservoir Dogs, and and Reservoir that, Dogs he, was yeah. so huge. And like just getting the like, yeah, man, from Quentin Tarantino at that time, it, uh, yeah, that would would accounted for a lot. But everything else cumulatively just was like perfect storm for this film. Yeah, it was. It was also like I remember, like Quentin Tarantino was like this this name batted around to to even as a star, uh, to like make your movie better. Like like Destiny turns yeah. on the radio, which don't watch, but uh, uh, I'm just <laughs> noting it here. <laughs> you know, let it, the record it, it, show. Yeah. Enter into the record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next thing they both go on to, I mean, work on one of the next projects. You know, a year after this is from Dust Till Dawn, and yeah. so it's like. It's right before they're like, hey, like, you know, they, they were about to begin a, uh, you know, like fucking couple decades long collaborative path uh, mm-hmm. through through yes. this project, really, because he had just met Tarantino at, uh, at Sundance. By the way, I want to say, what's up, Christina? Uh, oh, Austin. yeah. Randy, Christina is usually on our the... show, but she's in the oh. chat giving us a super chat for some reason. What's up, Christina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we, 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 we love and miss it. She's our Selma Hayek, really. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> two uh, two screens came and crashed together the first time she was. I <laughs> I forgot That's how much I good... love that scene. That the scene... movie has a lot of jokes, like a lot of good yeah. jokes and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's like just so. That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, she's 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 so hot. These two dudes crash their cars into each other. Yeah. great. And, and, and she looks behind her. She looks behind her and laughs. <laughs> Like, yeah. as if every time she goes outside for five seconds, that yeah. happens. Common like, occurrence. Sure. Why not? I mean, like, uh, you know, it's it's I love it. It's one of the best introductions for a character I've ever seen. You know, it's up there with Tokyo Drifter. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and the best part is, is like, like the, uh, you know, like a lot of times movies struggle with uh, the tonality of humor, uh, you know, bringing humor into things. Uh, but but this is effortless. Like, like it just it naturally kind of glides. Um, I, I know there's a, you know, uh, going back to Hong Kong films, uh, there's a lot of Jet Li comedies, uh, which, which are like, <laughs> like just struggle with that, with that tone. Uh, and uh, they're, they're, they're not good people. I've watched a lot of them. <laughs> not great. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's this kind of, uh, I think both Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez have kind of this effortless, uh, you know, bringing kind of either um, humor or like, you know, common common dialogue, I guess, into filmmaking. And I feel like the reason that they've gotten along so well in their collaborations, like their many, many collaborations, is that they share kind of this uh, unique and like sporadic uh, filmmaking style. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I was 11 when this came out, so this just well is imprinted into my brain as the coolest movie that it was ever made, maybe. And I actually oh, think... Facts. I feel like the three coolest movies of the 90s are Pulp Fiction, this movie, and then the movie they made together from Dust Till Dawn, which I I think it just has a certain... Some juice that uh, other movies don't that, have. That. Yeah. You know? I mean, even from the same filmmakers... They never quite reach. There's some like level of cool, I guess, that is in these movies. That's it's pretty undeniable and just like I, I like I, I like the Sun City, the Sun City, Jesus Christ, Sin City movies. Uh, yes, yeah. and I think they're very interesting. And but it's it hits different. Like it hits way different. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, yeah. and this is undeniably cool. And this this is definitely like that era, like cool. And that's in the proper application of the word cool. It has real squibs and stuff too, which like I noticed, I think he did French connection style where they just spray blood instead of like having it. Yeah. Just, like there's just a quick shot of blood being sprayed on somebody like in the French connection. Like the Tom, Tom Savini style too. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and they fired, they fired blood capsules, I guess for a while too, uh, like, which is awesome. So like, instead of it being a blank, it'd, it'd be like a paintball, but it'd be blood, which I think is amazing. All that liquid is so tactile, you know, like, I mean, we've lost so much by doing things digitally, you know, I, I don't, even I, Rodriguez yeah. himself has obviously yeah. like, and it doesn't look as cool and it is, doesn't like, it doesn't have that same impact that. That's what that, the thing I, you know, all these murder, murder movies, it just all seems like video games because of that to me. Right. These days. I feel like when they do it practically, they can't, like, John Wick kills, like, I don't know, a thousand people every movie, you know? Yeah. Like, you got to, like, kind of plan it out and have certain things be extra badass. Like, so the bar fight shootout has, like, four to five just amazing, like, moments where the guy's flying yeah. back and gets shot, the fan. The part I love, I mean, the part when they slide across the bar with guns to each other and both click, and then the, yeah. like, that whole uh, sequence, I mean, that's what yeah. movies are all about, in yes. my opinion. I mean. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and, and I know it's just like dudes being like, yeah, that is cool, but it is cool. That's yeah. the reason why we're saying it's cool. I feel like any <laughs> anyone all ages could enjoy that. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Well, maybe, maybe not, not all ages. ages. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know we'll leave the kids out of it. But yeah, you know I hear what, what you're saying. You know, saying yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I did watch it once when my when my uh, one of my kids was like really small. It was like uh, you know having to sleep on me, and, and uh, um, you know they, they they thought it was they slept right through it. They thought it was great. So you know, um, <laughs> yeah, go. for all ages, for all ages. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, in the, in the comments, Fight Club is very cool too. But so dark it went past a lot of people's heads i agree with that i think fight club unfortunately by it just being deified by people that did not understand any part of the social satire involved uh kind of weakens that film's legacy but i, I do like fight club but uh, i also feel like that was like slightly later but you know close enough for i guess i mean before 9 11 that's for sure yeah 90, <laughs> it's like 99 i must say yeah yeah, yeah. 
I don't love it. I don't love Chuck Palahniuk personally, oh, yeah. but okay. well, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I think that this is the, like, I'm a big plot guy. I'm a big, like, you know, heavily scripted plot and, like, you know, turns and narrative functions and this and that and the other. And this is a great example of a movie that can just slide on vibes, you know? Because if you stop and think about this story, <laughs> it's like, hmm. How did, you, how right. did he not know it was his brother he was hunting? <laughs> yeah, like, you didn't, yeah, you didn't have a It's clue. so confusing <laughs> to have the, the guy from part one shoot his hand, too. It's like, why... Yeah. I mean, but it just wouldn't make sense for him to be surprised at the end. I, it just still doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and, and there's there's other things as well that you just have to, like, okay, so there's no police force apparently in this town. Well, I mean, it's Mexico. We, we can get away But it's that. Mexico. I'm so sure the Board game. of Tourism in Mexico loves this movie. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> But I like, but the thing is, but it works because you have moments like you have him sitting down with the kid and like showing him guitar and then like he can't, he can't do it because his, his hand's been shot from the first movie. So it, it works on a feel level, on a, on a vibe level. They're like, yes. oh yeah, that does suck. I see why you'd be pissed about that. They took away everything that you are. And, and like you buy it, whereas sometimes there's these like over-involved backstories for characters and you're just like, I don't care. I don't care about this, like move on to something else. And I kind of think it works for the vibe of this style of movie too. There's just, no, it's just, it, 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 that's, that's what's happening. And he's got the charisma to pull it off that uh, is just cool as hell. I mean, that's all there is to it. Right. The, uh, the board of the board of tourism in Mexico actually did get pissed off about, um, about uh, once upon a time in Mexico. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> they were supposed yeah. to borrow all of these, uh, all of all of this like military equipment. And once they saw what they were actually doing with the plot, they're like, "Oh no, yeah, we're not. You yeah, you we're can't not have lending that. you anything." <laughs> I mean, Rodriguez is an American. He's a Texan. You know? He also doesn't speak. He also didn't speak Spanish up until like when he made El Mariachi. Right. He made it in Spanish, but didn't speak Spanish. So it's kind of funny when you like awesome. look at the. You know the, the 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 words in it, I guess, and it's kind of uh, very facile, facile uh, Spanish. But look at like Sergio Leone, right? I mean, like in the, in those movies, you had like principal actors that weren't speaking the same language, right? They it's were true. all like Reagan. There's like talking whatever language you're in, doesn't matter. <laughs> Dub it in later. I'm like, wow, okay. But those movies rule, you know, yeah. and it rules for the same sort of reason where. Again, good, bad, and the ugly, right? Like that scene where it's just literally three dudes staring at each other. And like the music is like intensified and music intensifies. And we've talked about this before with the, um, what's on the French Connection episode? I can't, I can't remember. Uh, we talked about this one before, but it's one of the best scenes because like it's somehow that tense even when like nobody's saying a goddamn word, right? And like it's, that's a perfect example of like this type of uh, cinema that like you can, you can pull something like that off if you have the right people. You don't really need uh, words when you have a Mexican standoff going on, I guess. Everybody's kind of has like uh... We get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we understand. <laughs> like you could you could have you could have people speak uh, three languages that have never, you know, they can't communicate with each other at all and they're like, "Well, we know that, you know, all of us have guns." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess truly the Mexican standoff is the international language. <laughs> <laughs> It's, 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 the Mexican standoff is my love language, actually. Uh, Randy, when did you see this first? 
Because I know when Andy and I did. I mean, when it came out, ninety five, maybe it was okay. on H HBO ninety six. Well, it came out ninety five, so probably like ninety six, nice, maybe even ninety seven. But I think I saw. So you it saw on, it pretty early on. Okay. I rented it. I wasn't. I didn't get to see it in theaters, sadly. But uh, this was a movie that I mean. This one, and I don't know if you guys know the movie Nemesis, which is another American-made movie that's very Hong Kong-inspired. But just seeing those trailers, I was just like, as a little kid, like, fuck, I've got to see this movie, you know? Like, it looks so cool. And Desperado just, I don't know, I had it taped. Me and my friend, like, with our cellos, we would pretend to be the guys with the guitar case. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. You know I mean? Like, this movie is just been a big part of my life ever since it came out like i mean i remember seeing the trailers and being hyped on it and watching it as soon as i could essentially i was qt pilled hard back then so my my mom used to have me uh carry in her uh guitar and accordion uh to places because she Uh would go to like nursing homes and play for old people and um uh but she stopped having me carry her guitar case when i kept like you know dropping to one leg and throwing it up on my shoulder like a rocket <laughs> try to shoot a rocket launcher out of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is awesome when he does that i mean it's, it's like, so cool it's so and cool. it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever and the there's the no way guns, it's like it'd be way better if you had a regular gun man but like he's like shooting <laughs> whatever so cool. but it doesn't like, matter it doesn't matter at all it by just shaking it like that yeah, I feel yeah like exactly. Somebody, yeah, he reloads. Yeah, does somebody like, like surf on a guitar case and Once Upon a Time in Mexico? I feel like there's like oh, some man. moment where he like surfs through an explosion on his guitar case. Anyway, I think like down a staircase. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yes. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. No, and it's yeah, the physics of like these weapons and like how they do. It's like there's no. Uh, you can't do that. Actually, the physics. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, "Shut up, nerd!" You know, like it's, <laughs> it's that whole scene is uh, arguably that arguably that whole battle is completely unnecessary. And like both of the other mariachis, like fucking get got in it. But like it's worth it just to yeah. It's like oh, this one's shooting a rocket launcher now out of it. Okay, sure, why not? There's a, there's guns in there. Why can't there be a rocket launcher? Totally. Yeah, why not? Did you uh did you guys notice that one of the guys that you know he calls in, which he calls them in like uh you're supposed to know that he has these two friends that um Yeah, he, it's just like all right, he's, he's got these call. buddies there. Which like yeah. I you know, I, I've watched I've watched uh this is the first time I've watched Desperado, but I've watched like El Mariachi try to get into it before and like not expected like I expected something more like from Dust Till Dawn or something, and then I was like, What 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 am I watching? Like, you know, when I was way younger. And uh but like they don't build any of the story onto it besides the fact that you know he has a, a guitar case full of guns like that's the only yeah. and he used to be a mariachi like, those are the only things that they really carry over with them so like half of me like expected like oh like maybe like maybe his two friends were like in the first movie nope there's no but no. one of one of the two yeah, friends I is, for years <laughs> one no of the need two friends is uh is carlos the the guy that originally played El yeah, mariachi. They played yeah, the, yeah. The, the actor yeah <laughs> But also think about, again, just referencing Leone again, like I think about, uh, you know, Fistful of Dollars and for a few dollars more and stuff. Like, does it matter? Not really. You got whichever thing you need to know. He's got, you know, he's like in the first one, it's like, oh, he got mistaken for this dude and and like has this like guitar case full of guns. And then the second one, he's kind of become that dude. OK, cool. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, right on. They don't explain what Steve Buscemi, why he's indebted to him or any. They don't ever get into well, it but they don't i don't need to know i assume that he matter. saved his life <laughs> yeah who, I mean, who fucking cares 
But she yeah. is hot fire in this movie too. I mean, and it's yeah. that starting could, off with that story too. That's I such mean, a great one of the best intros function. of any movie ever. You know, I mean, it almost feels like I know it wasn't this way, but you know, sometimes movies are like built off of a short or something. It feels yeah. like that's like a short film that this whole movie was built off of or something. I mean, that intro is incredible. I love it. Well, and there's so many aspects to it too. There's like you know, yeah. and che- Cheech Marin is great. You know, like again, like the <laughs> bartender never gets killed. You know, awesome. Yeah, and, and the guy from the plug sitting next to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's it's there's so much to love there, and like it builds it up and builds it up. But then when they actually get to, like to like the battle, it's like, oh well, where else would it, you know would it go? And then you're like, oh no, this is all in flashback, and you're like, oh damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. I love the part where he talks about how the shadow keeps like following his face. Like, yeah. He he's going to step into the light, but the shadow just keeps falling over his face. The way they show it, it's like beautiful. I mean, he is so his much face, I'm like, oh, I saw his eyes. Yeah. Which yeah. they they uh they continue that whole thing you know like the the building a legend part of it like the myth I guess that you know all of these because that is a thing that does follow people around throughout you know like Mexican history and throughout like Western American history these like legends of these you know these these people that suddenly show up and they have like guns and they're outlaws and like this whole legend that you build up and I like that in Once Upon a Time in Mexico they build up on it more and they're like yeah like you know we used to go around and lie about the fact that this guy was the biggest Mexican you've ever seen like he he was like normal height and like you know just yeah. uh kind of a small guy with a big head yeah Yeah. Yeah. the Um, thing about this movie too is like i always thought that danny trejo was like nine feet tall the way he shot in this movie and and like he's just like five foot seven five foot he's a little guy yeah yeah no it it does a great uh, job of showing him as being incredibly imposing like whoa that guy he's that guy's nuts like yeah yeah because like like this was his breakout role i mean like before yeah. this, you know, he was he was in like uh, Death Wish Four, where where like uh, you know <laughs> Charles Bronson gets him wet and then he explodes. Uh, His first and, movie um, is uh, Runaway Train, right? He's like boxing at the beginning yeah. of Runaway Train. Yeah, he's, well, he's like picked up off too, of. Uh, yes, yes, Steven Seagal just kicks him in the face. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, not he, from he a sitting like position. Fly yet, over though. at uh, um, uh, Muscle Beach, like that's that's what uh, he got out of prison. Goes to Muscle oh, yeah. Beach to, uh, you know, because he knew that ex-cons could get work as like uh, personal trainers out there. So mm-hmm. he goes out there, and um, somebody from casting just comes by and's like, "Hey, you ever acted before?" He's like, yeah, "No, man." <laughs> like, all right, well, I can. He's act. got such a great look, you know. Like, he's I know, got that super yeah. Severe looking face. He's got resting badass face. Is what he has. A tattoo yeah. is real too. I mean, yeah, yeah those are real yeah. prison tats. Yeah. Well, and then he, he a became boxer too in prison. And like yeah. he became a that guy. He like if you needed yeah. like you know like you know, random gang member number five, then like call him Danny Trejo. Yeah. you know. <laughs> but then but then he was like in Heat. Uh, he had like a real yep. small part in Heat. Uh, he was yep. part of uh, De Niro's crew and uh, yep. uh, you know Reindeer Games terrible film. But but Danny Trejo, if if <laughs> you actually dare to uh, watch that movie, he is in Con Danny Air. Con Air rocks. Yes, Con Air. Uh, mm. Con Air yeah, no, is he, he I, just. He became this cult figure in the '90s, like like uh, because of this, and, and uh, you know, super happy because like. Do you guys like the machete like, movies? Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, I look. Is there going to be a Criterion edition of Mantam soon? Probably not. But uh, why not? I, I enjoyed it for what at least were. the first one. You know, there, there's the. Uh, yeah. I was actually Tony and I were. 
Tony and I were at Scott from Foreigner Blows place, yeah. uh, and we were recording. I think Protons and Electrons, and that's when I saw it for the first time. And there's like the scene where like he gets with like the mom and the daughter in the pool, and I'm like, of course he does. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is this is classic exploitation yeah. fair. Yeah, I think I, I was. Love- I, I was 14 or 15 uh, when I saw Machete, oh, yeah. and I was like a really big fan of Spy Kids when I was a kid. And uh, oh, yeah. but like I remember, <laughs> he's like the same character. Uh, I remember, but I, yeah, I remember being like online, like kind of fucking around and seeing like, oh, there's a movie where Danny Trejo plays the same character that he did in Spy Kids, but he, you know he runs around and like kills people. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I remember watching, be like, holy shit. I love the, the best part about that movie, though, is where the doctor actually goes on and explains how long the intestines are. And you're like, what does this have to do with anything? So so then, like, later on, when Danny Trejo, like, rips the guy's stomach open, pulls out uh-huh. his intestines and swings out a window with him. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just pretty there's crazy. Been that long it, it stays off. That. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh! <laughs> and, like, um, like that's, that's, you know, you can see, like, the kernels of, of what became of that scene in Desperado. Yeah. See, brought it back. Look at that. Um, so I have this, uh, I, have, I have a few of these videos, but this is from his like uh, 10 minute film uh, class, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, nice. And this is, he's, uh, he, he filmed a lot of like uh, Antonio Banderas getting ready to do the bar fighting scene. And I thought it was like, uh, I thought, hold on, it's not this one. It's he was, was it that scene that Banderas actually directed because he didn't like the second unit director and Banderas like, Hey, do you mind if I give it a try? And he's like, yeah, man, sure. Um, I, think it, I... I think it was. Which yeah. I, I love that. And he's like, yeah, man, go, go right ahead. Sure. And go he ahead. had like a bunch of other stuff to film at the same time. So he was like, eh, like, yeah, let, let him give, yeah, give him it a, a rip. <laughs> what, what, what side do you want to pull down? Just to know. It's been that way since you're going that way. And you're right. This, yeah. This yeah. Way. Start your crawl again from over there. All right. Everything ends up running a lot smoother and safer, and we're able to get a lot more done with the time that we have. And uh, it saves me time later because I won't shoot what didn't work. I'll only shoot the stuff that I know I'm going to use. And I figure that out on rehearsal. I'm kind of looking around. Now everyone else will start climbing up. Real slow. Okay. Ready? Go ahead. Real slow. I'm operating the video camera here, but since I'm also going to be operating the film camera when I actually shoot this, I've got a great sense of what it's going to look like later by taping it first. Here's a shot that I I only storyboarded a couple of shots for this sequence. I had this idea of uh, Antonio falling on his back and kicking a guy off of him. The guy would go flying into the air. Steve Davison's job to figure out exactly how we're going to launch him. So what he came up with was this ratchet. There's a pulley and a wire attached to the ceiling. That's what gives him that height. Next, I wanted Antonio to stand up firing into the camera, which works great in a video storyboard or in a regular storyboard. But when you actually go to shoot it, he's actually firing right into the camera right at me, and I'm getting... 
just pelted with wax and in fact look at this slow motion you'll see that so much force is coming out of those guns you'll see that he actually shoots the matte box off of the camera right great change your cartridges stand right up here stand up straight stand up straight up like right here It's only one way to get a shot like this. Easy to write, easy to storyboard, not so easy to shoot. The only way to get it is to lay on the floor with the camera handheld and have everybody fall on top of me. It's strange sometimes the images that'll stand out in your head. I only did a few drawings for this sequence, and this was one of them, him walking with a gun behind him. Um, it's something I saw very clearly, I don't know why. That's why I shot it on video, and as you see, it even looks that way in the film. I guess more than anything, it conveyed sort of an attitude I was going for. Hey, This is my second AD, and he did so well. I put him in the movie as this as this character because uh, he was wiry and tough, and it's fun sometimes using your crew as cast members. They get a big kick out of it. It's good for the morale of the crew when you're trying to get so much done on such a short schedule. And this is my first AD, but done here rehearsing with Antonio as I as I videotape this sequence to really get it clear in our heads because I know this will be the last part of it. And it's going to be down to the wire when we go to shoot this. So we got to have it, everything planned out. So now what? Put the guns down. Very slow. Walk backwards. Shot in the boots. No, I'm shot in the boots. Get back. Start again. Stepping over the bodies. Backwards. Go. If not tonight, sure about the I forgot. I forgot how much I love the uh, the fan hitting the dude in the face too. Talk about it being a funny moment. It's like wow. a silent movie, or like it's like, it's like Charlie yeah. Chaplin or some shit. But meets. I mean, every you mentioned this a few times. Hong Kong. I feel like he's way more inspired by Hong Kong cinema than Westerns, even though it is yeah. ostensibly a Western. But like, yeah. this is the closest any American has gotten to replicating the magic of John Woo's magic. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, the only other film I, I would, uh, the only other film I've mentioned was uh, last man standing, which, which is actually really good. Um, mm, with, uh, Walter Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So he talks about that actually right here. Uh, this is like the, the thing right before he, um, right before what we saw. So he, he's talking about the Hong Kong aspect of it. Oh, really? Cool. People often ask me if I storyboard my movies. And uh, El Mariachi, I didn't storyboard anything. Usually you make storyboards to communicate to your crew and to your actors um, what it is you're trying to accomplish. Since I didn't have a crew on that movie, I didn't necessarily draw anything. But I did draw out the opening sequence for Desperado. Here's some of it now. I'm a stranger. He bolts out of the washroom like you wouldn't believe. He grabs his cape and then he dies right in the middle of the room. And... Even though I was a cartoonist, I'm not fast enough to draw all the storyboards needed for a feature. The things I did draw, as you can see, are really cartoony and kind of weird. But I chose to do it myself because if you hire a storyboard artist, he's making your shots and your camera angles and in a lot of ways directing your movie for you. So to avoid that, if you can draw, 
to your own boards. If you can't draw, this alternate method I'm beginning to use more of, uh, in a lot of ways I like it better, it's video storyboards. I'll take a video camera to a location, even if it wasn't finished, with the actor, with a DP, with anyone else who might gain anything from it, and actually show them the camera angles you're going to do. When you're actually filming the movie, so many people asking you questions, it's very hard to, to concentrate. If you do it ahead of time, you'll have a much clearer game plan of what you're going to do on the day of shooting. So as you see, I set up my camera kind of wide for the wide shot, and it's going to look just like this in the final picture because I'm the camera operator both on the video and in the final film. It just gets it kind of very clear in your head what it is you're going to be doing. Cut. I walk Antonio through it also and uh, just start getting my shots. I mean, I know when he walks in, I want it to be a very strong entrance. The reason I had to be so prepared on this movie was because at this time, Hong Kong action movies were the best action movies in the world. Movies like The Killer and Hard Boiled had over 120 day shooting schedules. This movie, I was only gonna have 38, so I couldn't be screwing around. I had to really know exactly what I was gonna be doing, have all my shots chosen ahead of time, because for this particular sequence, we only had two and a half days to get everything. I'm just looking for work. There's no work here. Well, there's nothing here. Well, then you have to drink. To make it look like we had more time, you had to have it planned out and shooting on video, as you'll see, is what really nailed it for us. Antonio really gets into the action. Antonio is just a natural. That's why we didn't even bother to get a stunt double for him. We came up with stunts that he could do himself because he's just So all through this rehearsal, I'm showing everyone the action that I want to do. All the guys turning the tables with the guns. I would write these action scenes into the script and then stunt coordinator Steve Davison's job to come up with a safe way for us to pull them off. Slow, I love that he does those. Like it's it's rather that he like what like shares the knowledge, you know? Like it's 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 so cool to see. He seems like a genius to me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, not all of his movies are good, but he just seems like extremely brilliant to me. I don't know. He seems less preoccupied with whether, um, you know, all of them are good and more about just being able to, like, go out and make stuff. Like, it seems like he truly enjoys going out and just, like, you know, fucking around and trying to actually, like, experiment with it rather than... I mean, obviously, like, you know, he has way more polished stuff, like, Sin City is pretty polished. Like, uh, I mean, Dust Till Dawn is pretty fucking polished. Like, he actually has, like, Tarantino write the script for that and everything so that it's not just... Uh... Which is one of the all-time great, like, head fakes. Yeah. Like, in, in movies. Yes. And I'm not even kidding when I say it. Because you, cause you think it's, like, you think it's, like, a crime thing for, like, the longest time. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah. And then Vampires Now. What? Yeah, well, they, they, they ruined that the with the, the commercials. But I did get to see a guy. I never, uh, I never saw the commercial, so I got to be surprised. Yeah, the commercials by. ruined, and it was like, yeah. are we gonna like nice. get to the vampires at some point? But yeah, yeah, no, no. But I had a friend of mine so watch glad. it, and uh, she, she was like, um, I, I hate Tarantino films. What, what is? Why are you making me watch? I'm like, trust me, trust me. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I hate Tarantino. What this is terrible. Like, if this doesn't get uh, better, I'm gonna leave. And then that's the moment when everybody turns into vampires. <laughs> and like, Tarantino's and literally like, this killed. This is the best yeah. movie ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, and Tar- yeah, and, and Tarantino, and I know that's not what we're discussing, but in that film, does a great job of being like an incredibly annoying dude, like which he usually is. Well, and in this movie too, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's gonna say <laughs> yeah. is I'm not gonna say the man's typecast, but he leans into it though, like like the the whole like. You know, mispronouncing things and like yeah, the character so much he goes gracias with the yeah. fucking lisp. <laughs> like it's very clear he's supposed to me anyway that he's supposed to be like ugly American type, right? And, and he and he pulls that off well. And like and with not anyone thinks that he doesn't have knowledge of that. Like that's a smart dude. Like I get it if you're like yeah, I'm not a main person of his thing or like whatever this and that. Okay, fine. But like that dude loves movies, and that dude is no dummy. Agreed. I mean, it's all, it's also funny. Coming that, up next week, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, we talked about True Romance, which, like, is the first script that he kind of sells. Script rules. Yeah. And so, like, his his first thing that he really gets into as a foray is, like, you know, screenwriting. And then he's like, well, obviously, like, I want to be a director. Like, I don't want to be a screenwriter. Like, another yeah. guy that's just kind of some asshole that just keeps selling scripts in, like, Hollywood. Like, that, that life sounds like it probably sucks anyway. So, you know, um, when he finally is able to, you know, get, get Reservoir Dogs underway and becomes, like, you know, one of the, the uh, I guess, uh, film's greatest savants of his generation or whatever – um in that moment like obviously that's what he really wants to be doing but it's funny that he takes all of these acting gigs as well which a lot of directors do in like you know other countries like Cronenberg and stuff but like um it's funny that he takes all these like kind of fun acting gigs all the French New Wave people did that too like they would just be like in each other's films and stuff he had aspirations of being an actor though I think he like he was like I'm also an actor kind of like at the beginning well he put himself in uh in, in, in Reservoir Dogs, you know, like, yeah. doesn't, doesn't say very much. It's he wrote of, himself a very disturbing <laughs> monologue in Pulp Fiction as well. Yeah, uh, his, his monologue in uh, Four Rooms is pretty great, too, where, where he just tells a uh, episode of, uh, was it Twilight Zone? Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Zone. Four yeah. Rooms <laughs> is a kind of a weird movie, huh? Like, yeah. Rodriguez, his part, he's got Banderas nice and Hayek in, the, in, that, in his part, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She. She's just uh, uh, the stripper on the TV. Um. So. So oh, you don't okay. really have her. She's. She's not really doing anything. She's not the mom. Time. No. Well, and I, I. I hesitate to bring in the Puss in Boots universe, but that Puss in Boots two, the Last Wish, that everyone's losing their. Yeah, mind you over. brought that up to me. Like the Zoomers love this movie, man. I didn't have they time. I don't know if I have time in this lifetime to watch that movie, but. I will say uh, it was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good. But Banderas is, is the is the titular Puss in Boots, and Hayek is like his female counterpart. And he like, was the I only part I cool. liked about Shrek Part One, but I so disliked that movie that I decided to never watch any more Shrek movies. You know, so I, I, can well, I Shrek's kind something? of become uh, ubiquitous as like a meme, like more than anything yeah. else, right? Like I, I have never seen any of the Shrek movies. So I watched this Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, without seeing any of those. I guess there's a first movie. It's apparently not as good. but It's yeah, the third is... one, right? I, I, I think it's the third third <laughs> Puss in Boots movie. Well, which is spun off of four Shrek movies, five is, Shrek There's movies. too many of them. Like, I, feel, I feel like it's a, stand, it's a good enough standalone story that like it's worth watching, but... I think I had it built up so hard for me by a lot of uh, people I know that are on, like on the younger side that uh-huh. like 
I was expecting some masterwork, I think, by the time I actually saw it. It, it wasn't. It was fine. I think I was told it was it was like it has qualities of uh, older films that you don't see anymore. Mm. Yes, that's what and, I liked best about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Randy, that could be a chat pile lyric. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know that uh the the Zorro movie was supposed to be a reteaming of Rodriguez and Banderas and mm. Banderas's mm. casting as Zorro is a remnant of Rodriguez being the director of that movie. Oh, no. That was a uh, Martin yeah. uh what's his face? The guy who did Goldeneye. Yep, a um, big Martin Campbell, I think. Martin Campbell, name. yes. Yeah. He's he's fantastic on his own, but like, you know, those those are mid movies. Yeah. I like the first one but not the second one. Like Mask is the first one, but Legend is totally unnecessary. Yeah. You got yeah. Anthony Hopkins in that first one, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. Hot yeah. off uh, Entrapment. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. for me for a pg-13 movie 98 i don't know (laughs) well and this is like ground zero for that for banderas because again like talk about just getting the right guy like casting i was was listening to um paul schrader talk about casting and how like that's like i think he says like uh, that he feels like it's like 90 percent of the of the movie is casting Mm. which is i was like wow that's very interesting you know uh but i think that talk about nailing it because it's like, think about, like, swap out who would have been like the an action star around this time that would have that would have that would that would have been in here for Desperado, yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay, well, you can't see that's the beauty of what Rodriguez is doing. He's making like he's bringing he's making movies in America that star Mexican or Mexican American people. And I I know Antonio Banderas is Spanish, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's like his yeah. mission. And like what you were talking about earlier with getting Trejo like his own kind of like franchise and shit. That's that's beautiful. I mean, I I applaud Rodriguez for thinking in that way. Well, that and and it's mind. kind of it's interesting in the in you know the era of representation uh, that Robert Rodriguez is one of like the earliest people. Fucking um, A he is in in his yeah. like yeah. at least in like the Latino community thinking about representation and trying to build up this bench, but not doing it in such a heavy handed or um, seemingly, I guess, uh, you know, well, just heavy handed kind of way that people are like, oh, you know, you're making movies with just like Mexican actors or Latina actors. You know, this yeah. is like like obviously it's decades before the whole like woke uh, backlash to stuff. Yeah. But like he's doing it in such a way that this bench is kind of getting built up so that, you know, all of these actors can get roles later on without, you know, kind of um, uh, hitting that hitting the uh, look what I'm doing button. He's just yeah. kind of trying to yeah. make his own his own lane through that. And he did. Well, a I mean, really you know, he, he wants to see himself on screen, which, which I get like, um, yeah, uh, I remember, uh, yeah. you know, I was the only, uh, I was the only white kid in the neighborhood growing up. And, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, it was, uh, star Wars. Was <laughs> I think I've the seen thing. this sitcom by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, uh, it was such a big deal. So when they cast freaking, um, uh, what's his face as, uh, as a black Jedi Knight, or, or so we thought, and, uh, you know, the, the, seventh movie i was excited for all those kids that i i don't remember their names of because you know i'm too small to remember them but you know that that uh you know uh was nice enough to let me join them you know the white kid in the neighborhood (laughs) the old neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) well and it's yeah, it, it, it's wild, too, how prescient this is because, and, and again, I'm going to go back to, and, and I like these films, and I, but the John Wickization of 
like action movies and like this the the the, the cartoonish violence which has just become more and more like with every one of these that they've done they've just stepped it up more and more mm-hmm. but there's something and look we live in we live in a world that has real life gun violence every day yes and it's not okay and it's 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 horrific yet there's something about how it's done here where it's like it's you you have the buy-in that it's fantasy yeah and i don't i it's other than it being like a you know when you see it you know kind of differentiation <laughs> i don't know how else to explain it yeah uh, it's also it like the me. people the people that want the gun violence to continue uh it seems are the ones that think that like this is real life uh, and uh I yeah, they, they would be the brother in the white suit. Yeah, exactly. They'd be the uh, I forget the character's name, but they would be that would be that guy in the situation. Bucho. Bucho, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like bitch or Something like bitch or Bucho. I mean so fucking good. Bucho, every time they cut to him, it's just like, how bad is this guy? And yeah. he does like worse and worse shit, like as yeah. they keep cutting back to him. <laughs> He's like killing his own guys, and then blowing it, yeah. smoke into like his girlfriend's mouth and stuff. Just being like, yeah, but he's like, if you see someone, see someone you don't know, you know, shoot him, and like he like <laughs> shoots that guy that does all the what? Yeah, kind that of faces. guy's that guy's name in the casting thing is just shrugs. Yeah, because like, he's always like, <laughs> he looks like the guy in Brooks and Dunn that has a mustache. Is what I kept thinking. <laughs> but but, he, uh, has, but yeah. he has big like uh, Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin energy because he's like doing so much work with his. Absolutely, stuff, you know? and I love, I love it. Bring it, bring it on. I mean, I don't know, what a weird mix. And then he just WS. shoots him because he's yeah. like, "Hey, you guys need to be more suspicious." And yeah. then it's like, "Whoa, all right, this guy." Like, I don't know him. Like, like, everybody just backs away. He looks like <laughs> uh, Manuel Zelaya, the old president of uh, Honduras. That the, the, the uh, new first overthrowed. Uh, that, that got overthrown in the Obama administration. That's what he looks like to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does. Oh, yeah, he does kind of look like that guy. Yeah. First gentleman of Honduras. Yeah. There you go. Yes. All right. Who said um, this show wasn't educational? Exactly. But, but uh, I, I don't also like... look at Ralph Julia was going to play that part of the bad guy. Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you... yeah. No, That's I, awesome. I, I, love the I actually found that out recently. Right. And like he, but he passed away before they started shooting. Oh so that's my when, god, when they got that would have been that would have been incredible. But the guy who is in it is very good. Oh, he's like phenomenal. He, he's great. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I mean, he's just not Raul Julia. That's that's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. He's from Portugal, and you can definitely hear some kind of weird European like in his voice. Yeah, but I, I really. But, but he always plays lot. drug dealers, and he's always phenomenal. Uh, but yeah. like the thing is, though, he's not Raul Julia. Like like. Like yeah. Raul Julia is on another level than this guy, and I love him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I always forget his name too. It's just that guy. Uh, well, he he's very much of that guy, and he's he's in a bunch of stuff. Joaquin something I can't remember yeah. what his full name was, but yeah, D. he's Almedia? in Fast Five, I believe. Joaquin yeah. D. Almedia. Oh hell yeah, he's great. Uh, you know. I just quick sidebar, Raul Julia. I just checked this because I was trying to remember if this was like one of these like. Uh, uh, <laughs> one, one, one of his Mandela effect Berenstein Bears things, but Raul Julia, he wasn't Street Fighter. That movie, that Street Fighter movie, it's his final as, film as, as as Bison. Yeah, and and I, apparently, which the first result, and I love this, is why was Raul Julia in Street Fighter? 
It was for his children. It was amazing. Nesta, and it's because his children truly, were fans. It yeah. Really, yeah. It was like, he was like, I'm dying. No. I need to make money. Like, really, yeah. it's sad, but it's true. But but he, he did something terrible. he did something that his kids wanted to see him in, uh, which which yeah. I think as a parent like uh, you know uh, if I was making a movie and I was dying I would make a movie you know the shittiest movie that that uh, my kids would love and my kids have terrible taste in films. Well, he wasn't dying, <laughs> but that's the that's the reason why Rodriguez made Spy Kids and Shark Girl yeah. and Lava Boy. Yeah, or well, Spy Kids was written by his kids. Yeah. Oh no, that's Shark Boy and Lava Girl, isn't it? Okay, like the okay. One, that one is one written based on his kids' drawings, and that movie is like terrible, apparently. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never kids. watched any of his kid stuff, so so I'm just you know. Yeah, he I was. Mean, I, like, I was a big I was a big fan of Spy Kids as a kid. Yeah, like, that, that was my first introduction. To <laughs> yeah, Robert you'd be the right age, so so I get. That's Banderas yeah. and Hayek as the parents, right? Uh Banderas and that other lady. That's uh, it's not Hayek. It's um. She's in. She's in like a lot of different stuff, though. Uh, hold on, Carla uh, Gu- oh, Gugino. Gu- uh, Gugi- Ooh, yeah. she's in Sin City, and Son in Law. She sure is. <laughs> I remember well. <laughs> it was also. It was also. Uh, I I liked that. That was the first movie I ever saw Alan Cumming in, uh, mm. and he's he's been in so many just random like. Um, when he was in Eyes Wide Shut, and he's like the fucking oh, yeah. flirty, uh, flirty hotel clerk. That's like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a great role. They just put a cool movie Golden he made Eye. with Jennifer Jason Lee up on Criterion Channel called The Anniversary oh, yeah. Party. It's a really I had I hadn't seen that, but there's a whole Jennifer Jason Lee like thing that they just did. It was their attempt to kind of do like a Dogma '95 style film. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's interesting. I like Jennifer Jason Lee. That I, I should I should check out some of those. I I I think that. This is an incredibly influential movie, too, in a lot of ways. And as much as like you know, Robert Rodriguez is the first one to note his influences, it's also important to note that lesser filmmakers don't necessarily do the do that research. Uh, and this film specifically inspired a lot of like not as many lesser films as like uh, uh, you know the the cut rate Pulp Fictions that came out. Don't get me wrong, because there was a lot of like you know like all right, you're trying to do this. Okay, I get it. Yeah, but my was... uh, my my film professor at New Paltz um, graduated the same year that uh, I think I think he said Pulp Fiction came out, but it might have been Reservoir Dogs, and was talking about how every student yeah. film that anybody made for the next like five years was always just a rip off of uh, of, <laughs> of Reservoir yeah. Dogs. <laughs> it, it was sort of like okay you learned the wrong lesson here but yeah like yeah, it, it was he, he it wasn't just student us. films they made a few of them that made it on the screen too yeah but he, <laughs> he banned he banned all of us from uh just using like cheap deaths in in you know in short films when we did the um the last two classes of the you know of of college because he was like listen i i lived through the uh the wave of fucking you know yeah. rip off tarantino student films i don't want to see anybody else like get killed in a, <laughs> in a in a college film ever again it's like <laughs> well there was a lot i mean natural born killers was there there's a lot of ripoffs for that and a lot of yeah. um, people trying to do that kind of film too. story by qt like the whole QT. the deal was a uh, true true romance in the original screenplay Clarence Christian Slater's character was writing a screenplay, so it was a story within a story and a story of Mickey and Mallory. But then he split it in half and no kidding, that off. yeah, that's and, awesome. And Stone rewrote it, which I love Natural Born Killers. So yeah, no, I I, I, I think Natural Born Killers is great. I just hate the 
movies that attempted to rip it off and got like maybe one third of like what that movie does. It's impossible to rip off because I mean, natural born killers is like, he's using like 14 different kinds of like film. Yeah. And oh shit. yeah. Just, just I mean, from a composition. Like, you can't, yeah. Rob zombie tried to rip it off with the house of a thousand corpses. And it's like, it's so amateurish and bad, you know? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think the best, uh, I guess homage to all of Robert Rodriguez's films are uh, all the Mexican scenes in Breaking Bad, where they just make sure that every scene in Breaking Bad that's Mexican is yellow and like really stylistic. <laughs> and that, that is one hundred percent a it's a, uh, and, it's a Rodriguez thing. You're right. They also have uh, they also have Danny Trejo. He plays La Tortuga or whatever. Um, that's you know, right. And they like they they use a lot of the same actors and Vince Gilligan knows uh, Robert Rodriguez, so it's kind of it's really funny that like i realized watching through these and like and thinking about like machete and stuff um that all of the mexican scenes in breaking bad are all like a, a just a homage to robert rodriguez's style of filmmaking but how cool is that because it's like you know he did that uh you know predominantly actually with this movie you know a little bit but by, by the time once time in mexico came out like it already was like in the zeitgeist for sure uh, and as much as many people claim El Mariachi, I'm, I'm one of the rare people I know that saw El Mariachi first, but that was literally just because of the timing with that film class and because the professor yeah. knew the Desperado was coming up. That's the only reason why. I was not cool enough to have seen it on my own. But No, I didn't see it until it, like the late 90s. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't like how it was now where you just like, yeah, and like it was on it was on IFC. Like, like, uh, right, 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 right. which we illegally had. Uh, that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that is a statute of limitations story. Uh, the oh, but I was gonna say, but it, it's uh, I I love that too, Forrest, and you, that you bring that up because that um, type of cinematography and shot composition or whatnot. The only thing I can think of that had such an immediate shorthand within other movies is like the one car wife thing. Where like you know his 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 use of color in that thing where it's like if if you're making that kind of movie then whether you consciously or subconsciously do or not like you like color tinted in this way to like give this like this certain feel, and yeah. at least within modern set maybe 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 there's other examples I mean I don't know I I think Andy you're chomping the bit to say something so maybe you have other no examples, I was just but. nodding along because because you're, you're I mean you're, is there uh, are there other ones because it's just there's not that many I can think of really you know no no same and same it, I I can't. <laughs> It's just like that's how you show those types of scenes now. Like you just uh, that's how you do it. Like and it, it's yeah. I, I love that. Look to the point that like you know we mentioned. You, all right, so everything everywhere all at once says that Wong Kar Wai inspired scene, right? But like, it could just easily have been like a you know uh, Robert Rodriguez <laughs> desert scene, and like we would have known it immediately. Like it's got that initial like just shorthand that that shorthand yes. for uh, for visuals, which. Is underrated, of course, which is funny in a visual, ostensibly visual medium that people don't think about that. But. I think this movie is underrated as an action film, just period. You know? Oh hell yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I think it's maybe this and like Heat are the two most significant action movies made in America in the of the nineties, possibly. I mean, there's, I know there's like other ones I'm not thinking of, like T two, for instance. But like T T two was like, oh man, talk about everyone trying to rip off T two. This is yeah. truly bringing like Hong Kong to America, though. I mean, yeah, it's just yes. like when he kicks that guy up in the air and then shoots him with double guns. I mean, I'm, I'm in heaven as a movie goer. The other thing too, is like Antonio Banderas is one of the few actors that can get that Chow Yun-Fat cool. 
like like yes. there's this yes yes that that's like I agree. Um, uh like, like i think the only other actor I, I could put in this category is um the japanese actor who did a lot of noir films uh joe Shishido. like like you know the three of them have this same type of coolness like walking on is he screen. the guy that has the the big cheeks the cheek. yes. yeah okay okay yeah yeah for sure absolutely yeah. And that's and that comes back to apparently I'm just backing at Paul Schrader here that casting is ninety percent of everything, right? Yeah. That like that like he's he's perfect in this role and no harm, no foul, peace and love in my heart to Carlos Gallardo, but like he, yeah. <laughs> let's charitably say that he did not have that because no. that, that was more El Mariachi is more is like he's this everyman, right? He's, he's just Mariachi, like but he's Rodriguez's everyman. buddy. Yeah, he's just a dude. But, but like him. He's just some every guy. man works for that film because like, like he's supposed to be just some guy. Like but he's at not the supposed point to be of, an action hero. Right, but by Desperado he is. So that's why it actually And, and like, like a Pokemon, he evolved into uh, <laughs> Well, they, they do the whole sequence in uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico where, with uh, Willem Dafoe where they're like, you know, changing his appearance to be somebody else uh, with the <laughs> They could have just done that. To, that. Like, so to crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they uh, are. I like, I love that they fucking put him in brown face. And my first thought was about uh, that meme that's the fucking Norman Os Os Osborne meme or whatever in Spider Man, where he's like, "I'm something of a scientist myself." And the first thing I thought was like, "I'm something of a Mexican myself." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do love that Willem Dafoe will let, just go for it. Sure, you know, like I mean, like, and, and he was the best part of that inside movie that I saw, which I I don't know if I could recommend. It's a great performance, but the the story's pretty weak. But it's a great concept, and it it's it's almost I can almost recommend watching just because his performance is so great. But it it's lacking something. But he's he's a dude that like that's not a guy who half asses anything. Yeah, um, sounds right. sounds but, like a better thing than uh, Reindeer Games. <laughs> it's definitely better than Reindeer Games, although it's been a long okay. time since I've seen Reindeer yeah. Games. So. Yeah, but Actually, I don't have seen reindeer games. So, so I, I wanted to. to, I want to talk about Salma Hayek yeah. and uh, how this I, I is do like, too. Good. Yeah, her, <laughs> her debut. So I found this interview where she gets interviewed in August 1995, right after this comes out, yeah. and it's like one of this is like her first press run. Um, oh yeah, and, that's awesome. And it's the guy. I'm I'm trying to think of what what we knew this guy from. He he was in another episode that we did. He interviewed somebody. I can't remember who it was. But uh, he's like this very, he's like this very old and kind of heavy interviewer that um that's like very flirty every time <laughs> there's a guy or a girl that's like a, like, beautiful, a beautiful woman on or or like I've, I think I've seen it be kind of like that with a with beautiful men. <laughs> hey, well, good for him. Yeah. Only five minutes with this man. Well, I'll down the okay. trail. Salma, you're not playing the typical action movie heroine in this film. Mm. Not by a long shot. Can you explain some of the fun you had in this? Oh, yes. This guy I rocks. really wanted to create a character that was strong, but very feminine. That was sexy, but funny. And, and with Robert's help, you know, I think it, it came through that way. So it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. You were there. Mm -hmm. We had the pleasure of having you there. Mm -hmm. Did you ever bruise yourself badly? Oh, boy, did I ever bruise myself badly? Yes, I still I have scars, you know, but they're good luck scars because they're they're coming from a good movie. Yes, I did a lot of the action stuff. I, lo I love the flying. You know that you were there. 
and I didn't like some of the other stuff. Like Antonio, sometimes I love Antonio, but Antonio sometimes would like hit me with the guitar. He has it, and he's like turning, and it's like Antonio. And then with the spur, he was clumsy with the spur, and it, and it's like we're coming up the stairs, and I'm behind him, and he's running. You know, he really gets into it, and he's like boom, boom, boom. I don't know what he does with his feet, but it's like hitting me in the leg. Antonio, 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 Antonio. Because you can see my face. So there was some other stuff, you know, that was not as fun. But overall, yeah, it was great. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> since then, you've made Vidac Alley, which I believe the Spanish name for that is... El Callejón de los Milagros. I did it before. It was very well received in Berlin. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the character you play in that film? Oh, yes. It's a brilliantly written character. It's based on the novel by Nagib Mahfouz, who's a wonderful writer. He won a Nobel mm. Prize in Literature. Yes. And she's just a woman that, like Carolina, has a lot of dreams. She comes from a very poor background in Mexico. And she's then fit into her head because she's beautiful. She deserves a better life. And she gets very confused in choosing which way she's going to go in life looking for this better life and something terrible, you know, all these terrible things happen to her. And it's just such a round character, it's such a pleasure playing it because you can go to all these different colors. The film has won 25 awards so far. I've won four awards for Best Actress mm -hmm. and we're still going through a lot of stuff. So I'm excited about that too. Now, is it difficult for you to walk around some areas of Los Angeles without people swarming to you because of their familiarity with your TV performances? Yeah, but it feels good. You know, it feels great. It, it brings you memories. It feels at home. It's always nice to feel loved. So I like it. I don't complain about that. Now, you've managed, it seems, so far to make the jump from one country cinema to American cinema. Uh, you look back on this as a, a formidable achievement? Yes. Yes. And a difficult one? And a very difficult one. And Jill, I just made this the, probably the biggest achievement in my life. I just got a part that was written for an American girl and that it was given to me just because I was out of the auditions and the director told me this. It's, I didn't get it because I was a Mexican, and they didn't stop me from getting it because I was a Mexican. They gave it to me because for the director, it was the best performance. And it didn't stop them that I was a Mexican to give it to me. And, and I am, it's a movie with Russell Crowe. It's um, only two characters. It's called Breaking Up. Um, I'm very excited about it. We start the 28th. Finally, I would like you to say on camera that while you were changing in your dressing room, I was a gentleman and I did keep my eyes closed. What? Yes, Christ. let me tell you. I gave him an interview. What? We were rushed in time. He was about to leave the town. I didn't have time to do it before. So while I'm dressing, he, with his eyes shut, is asking me the questions. And all is, is there a lawsuit? And I'm ask, answering all the stuff and he kept his eyes closed the whole time. He was there for a long time, too. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now, that was like Bobby levels of, uh, you know, like...
Yeah. I, I can't remember what other movie we, we watched where he was very How weird thirsty. in another interview. Yeah, um, that's, but, that's uncomfortable. Wow. I'm like, was there was there a lawsuit that he's just like he's like, okay, now Selma, I need this yeah. testimony. Just let the here. record show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. He is uh, he has like, like, deposition, right? He yeah, has yeah. since been canceled like ten times. Yeah, do you want a trophy? Like what I mean, like Jesus Christ. Who's that guy? Joe yeah. Lydon. See if he's on any watch list. Can you look that up real quick? <laughs> <laughs> no, um uh yeah. I've That's never heard of that movie breaking up. I just looked it I up. I just it looked it real. up. Yeah, 1997. Crow uh, was a – it's so funny to think about all these people that are huge celebrities having indie past. Like Reese Witherspoon was like an indie darling for yeah, many years absolutely. before she became yeah. Legally Blonde and whatever. Russell Crowe, Romper like, Stomper. Yeah. Romper yeah. Stomper, yeah. which is the second time Romper Stomper's been mentioned this month, and I, I mentioned it uh, earlier, but yeah, that's... Pretty good that, movie. That, it's a pretty good movie, and yeah. it's definitely, like, Russell Crowe was notable in it, and, like, not in a, yeah. you know, not not in a, like, hey, let's be like this guy kind of way, but, like, just like, oh, my well, God, no. that's a great oh, role. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think, uh, uh, you know, like, like he was he was still doing films because he did Virtuosity, you know, that terrible Denzel movie. Virtuosity! And, yeah. It's another movie and, that came uh, out when I was like twelve, and I love. I just love it because like, from dusk till dawn. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Quick in the dead. Quick in the dead. Quick in the dead. Oh, Quick in the dead actually rocks. Like, Sam yes. Raimi, fucking. Oh, and then like, like completely like, underrated. Yeah, it's 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 all mood. There's like hardly any story to this this thing, and it's it's just it's all mood. It's it's fantastic. Um, too bad they cut Bruce Campbell's scene, but I understand why. Yeah, uh, he's still yeah, in the closing yeah. credits about- though. The same year as this, right? Like '95, quick in it's the day. Be around yeah. the same time. Yeah, well, uh, and you never came out when I was still in high school, or or like right when I was wrapping up, or maybe I just graduated. Yeah, 1995. Like but, like, but it was before Gene I went to Hackman, college. Is what I'm saying. Gene Hackman is so great in that. Actually, you know who's great in that? Fuck Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone yeah. is pretty damn yes. great in that. Leo's in yes. it. Tre- yeah. Is Trejo in it? He might be. No, he might. Be. No, uh, no. But but you know who is? Uh, Zven Olforsen. He's Ooh. he's this. Uh, yeah, that's he a played fours and uh, Mall yeah, Rats. and he's also yes. Conan the Barbarian. Yes, Lance Hendrickson yes. is in it too. Yep. Yes, and Keith David. Mm. Yeah, that's right. This, yeah, we should we should do an episode on Quick and the Dead. Fucking um, Russell Crowe is basically reprising his role in the movie The Man with the Iron Fist, the Rizzo movie, which is like oh yeah, damn near the same movie as uh, Quick and the Dead, and Russell oh, Crowe really? playing. Almost the same role. It's fucking awesome. weird. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a I, little I, different, but yeah, yeah. It's. I feel the you. record show. Uh, the <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's like one for one, but I mean, no, I was no, 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 no takebacks. No takebacks. Like, you said it was exactly like competition it. with fucking Russell Crowe as like a man. I mean, it was. It's it's got the, the same pool. Like yeah. Well, and there's and, also like look. Conversation and Enemy of the State, right? Like, is Gene Hackman the same character? Well, it's certainly meant to evoke the same type of character. Or what about the, the guy way. from Withnail and I being in Wayne's World 2? It's like, same character? Question mark. Yeah. You know, the exactly. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a drug dealer. Uh, with, and with and uh, The Rock, Sean Connery, is James Bond? Yes. Or Entrapment. Mm. I've heard theories for both movies. I love it. I love it's it. It's all connected, people. It is. <laughs> it is all connected. <laughs> uh Sama Hayek is great. And a star. 
obviously, and obviously she's a beautiful woman, but she does not get credit for being as good a performer as she is. She's actually Agreed. very funny too, and that's yeah. and and she's apparently had a hard time getting like cast in comedies because like you, basically you're too hot. We can't. It would never work. Like we want you to be the hot girl. That's that's that that's what role is. Yeah, so. which is horrible. There was, there was a lot of uh, when when her and Antonio Banderas were both in this. Uh, Puss in Boots series. Um, there's been a lot of like, uh, you know, last movie's have, pretty good. I can't speak to the rest of them. I enjoyed um, it. Things that have gone back to like uh, Desperado and like they've kind yeah. of trailed their chemistry together or whatever. And like, that's why I was bringing of, it up because yeah. it was sort of like, because they clearly homaging it with some of the scenes. And it's sort of like, oh, that's a trip because that's like, you know, the kids aren't going to give a damn about that. But like, it's like, that's for the parents or that's for the, pe- the people just randomly watching it like me or neither. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I thought that that, like, that could be so cringy if done wrong. Correct. And I, I thought they did a great job with it. And, that's, and that's, I've watched plenty of cringy things like that uh, with my kids. I was gonna say, as a father, I'm sure. Oh, right. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, getting a lot of attention because uh, Puss in Boots had anxiety. That's all I know about it. <laughs> yeah, it's what really the character has anxiety. Well. Yeah. I guess I, I'm the one that brought it up. I gotta, I gotta kind of. Yeah, you're the expert on Puss in Boots here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only I've an expert on the last one. Uh, the, the first uh, Shrek movie is all I've seen. So, all right, and, and so, that was like 20 years ago. Me too. Yeah, more yeah. than 20 years ago. I was like, yeah, yeah. So, pushing Puss in Boots is like the world's greatest adventurer, and like everyone knows that they sing songs about him and stuff like that. But he's burned through eight of his nine lives, so he's dealing with like mortality finally. Oh, shit. And, like, basically goes out on, like, an epic journey uh, for this, like, thing that will, like, grant a wish. Uh, and, like, his initial thing is he's going to wish for more lives, right? But, like, it's actually... That like, seems like he, cheating. It seems like cheating that you can wish for more lives. Wish for wish more lives. <laughs> but, like, you get into, like, how he's conducted himself uh, throughout... I can't believe I'm doing this, man. How he's conducted <laughs> himself through, through his life, and which is basically selfishly. And unfairly to like a lot of people, and he has like a reconciling, uh, reconcile. He reconciles that, and then also, like he has like panic attacks and stuff. It's it, it's kind of it's a fine line to walk, but I think they do a really good job of it. And again, I would have loved to have watched that before. Like every Zoomer was like, "It's the best movie since Citizen Kane." I'm like, uh, "Okay, come on, settle down now, Weird. settle down." <laughs> I'll, I'll speak to my kids about that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's but it's it like it does a lot of things and does it well. And one of the things it does well is is sort of take the through line of the Selma Hayek Antonio Banderas relationship and just you know, pass them as these cats. But like it 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 works and it's like a real kind of like this does not need it didn't need to be that good. Let's put it that way. And I, I appreciated that about it. So fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, like I. Just don't have it too built up for you. You'd be like, "What? This is this is fine." Um, I always thought the animation looked kind of crummy with those DreamWorks movies. You I know, love that kind of animation stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I hate that that three D computer stuff. Um, uh, I you know I'm a sucker for two D animation. Uh, like when it's done yeah. well, you know, g- give me Akira, give me uh, Ghost of the Shell, uh, but not 
not the re- the live action remake. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, was gonna say I, I know we know you don't mean the live action remake. Give me no. the most <laughs> hardcore rated R animated movies or nothing. Yeah, Well, honestly, like like uh, you know, good Miyazaki film, right? Rated R, you know, and, and no, those no, things no, are fantastic. You know, um, yeah. I love uh, like I think Jungle well, one of them is Howl's Moving Castle or uh, one of. One of the Miyazaki Princess Mononoke was uh, P- uh, PG-13. Oh, yeah, Prince- yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which uh, had dialogue written by Neil Gaiman, by the way. Which is, uh, is that the one where they cut the head off of the forest spirit and it bleeds everywhere and the world yeah. ending or whatever? Okay. I've seen that one. Spoiler yeah. alert for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he didn't expect to have that spoiled this episode. That's the key <laughs> moment I remember from that movie. Sorry. Miyazaki. Okay, so I love that. Like, how could you spoil Desperado? You can't. Because even when you're like, oh, it's his brother. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah, you can't spoil it. It's he's no. It's it's just like the twist at the end where it's like we're brothers. It's just like who gives a shit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. fucking whatever. (laughs) Doesn't really matter, but okay. Because it's all all about the journey. The only, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the only, the only thing that it really explains is why he doesn't like plug his brother in the head from a, from a distance. He wants to make sure that, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wants to make sure yes. that he looks him in the eyes and goes, "I am, I am too Hermano." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am. You, you killed my girlfriend. Prepare to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it, uh, Empire Strikes Back, it being part two of the trilogy, if that had anything to do with like that having just having that twist at the end for no reason, you know, if that played mm-hmm. into it, who knows, you know. Rodriguez, I, 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 I wouldn't put it incidental though. It's totally incidental, but like yeah. I think you might be onto something where it's like, oh yeah, this will be the one with like a crazy twist, you know. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, I mean, the third one has a twist too. So you know, it's, it's sure. not the first yeah. one. Maybe does too. It's William Defoe and Brownface is the twist. Oh Didn't see that God. one coming. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the twist <laughs> being that that's some Hayek's den, but you know. Yeah. Uh, Way to spoil it, Andy. I love Mickey Rourke in part three. Well, we he's, spoiled. He's we got his own dog. Okay. He was yeah. just oh, like yeah. Yeah. Ch- Mickey Rourke yeah. straight up Alfred Rodriguez and was like, "My dogs are in this movie," and he's like, "Okay." Yeah, he was yeah. like carrying chihuahuas through the movie. It was like fucking rules. Like, Rourke did you do the same thing in Iron Man two for the birds? Probably. He's like a <laughs> no power move. Go to. That's move. one of the best things about Rourke is that he loves dogs and stuff. So like all of his like later, when he has juice and stuff, the dogs are like probably involved somehow. They're in, <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. So dogs great. are the co-producers. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Co-produced by Fido and Butch. Huh, who knew? <laughs> um, I, I also I, I like that uh, the only reason that they killed off Salma Hayek in uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is because she had just had other stuff. She was like, "Oh, I can well, I can come for a week, but like I can't uh, yeah. I can't be can't here for the whole shoot." shoot. So <sighs> he's he's like, "Well, I guess we got to kill her off." It sucks. It's like just I'm almost like just make it remake the movie. Like, yeah. do it right. Because he famously wrote Once Upon a Time in Mexico over a weekend or some bullshit. And he's like, I had Johnny Depp for three days. What can I... He's like, these are the things I can do with green screen. It's like, terrific, man. But like, it shows. Then Johnny that Depp ended up going down. Yeah, it definitely Mexico. shows. Yeah, you see the cracks for sure. Then Johnny Depp ended up going down to Mexico and then being like, oh, I'll just stay here. 
And then he didn't even he, – he just stayed he in Mexico just, for, like, weeks. He was actually Chris, just going around killing chefs, you know. Yeah, yeah, who knew? Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he, like, he, he, like, he some pork thing. And he'd be like, or Chris, this is dude. delicious. I have to kill this guy now. He went Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis with it, yeah. He is good in the movie. I like – Johnny Depp's character is insane in the movie. Yeah, oh, he gets yeah. his eyes – spoiler – he gets his eyes drilled out and then has a blind gunfight at one point yeah. in the movie. It's pretty fucking good. I mean, yeah, and like, there's like, good parts about the movie. You know? I like, I like that he's having the it's kid. So bad. Aim, he's having the kid aim his hand. He's yeah. like, yeah. he's like, I need you to aim my hand. And he's <laughs> such a like despicable character, but you kind of love him at the same because he's like, he looks. Yeah, he's, he's, he's charming. Nice. He's, he's, he's a cab. Like, he's he's yeah. likable. A cab. Yeah. Well, they have like the, yeah. they have like the classic tension between uh you know the the FBI and the CIA which is a is a very real thing uh yeah. but like you definitely end up being um well I mean I don't know I guess they they have uh you know the FBI agents kind of the the good the better guy than fucking Johnny Depp is but Johnny Depp's charismatic enough to pull it off yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's not a bad movie. It's for me. It's just a letdown because I love Desperado so much. I think me too. Desperado yeah. is great. I mean, I, I, it's Desperado's like a no notes movie. Like, there's no way this movie could have been better for me with the the timing and the the budget and everything. Like, it, it's everything I want it to be. I agree with that. I don't. Th- I really don't think that you could improve on on this movie. I mean, I, just watching it again today. And this is a movie that I have bought on Apple TV. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. I already had it. I, I was like, how am I going to watch this? Like, oh, yeah, I've already bought the Mariachi collection or whatever. And it's just like. Oh, do they, do they have it where it's all three of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so nice. I have all three of them on Apple TV. But like this movie is just like. It is you get locked in from the beginning and you just yeah. watch the whole thing. It's just it's so much fun. It's breezy, good entertainment, in my opinion, you know. I have a a letterbox tag that I've that I've used I've used a lot, and I realize the cable is for uh, cops and olds, but uh, I call it accidental cable watch that I watched all the way through. Is the tag, yeah. which says everything I need to say that this is the perfect movie that you like. Yes. flipping through channels like oh crap, I'll and you like watch it for like one scene, and then you're like all right, I'm hooked, I'm in. Sucks you in like Goodfellas yeah. or Heat Goodfellas, or Heat, fucking, yep. yeah, yep, all those, absolutely. So yeah, letterbox. Yeah, so somebody had a X Men First Class or something like that, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the one where Kevin Bacon has a submarine. Yeah, has and Magneto's helmet. It's a yeah. secret submarine, and it has a secret room inside of the secret it's, submarine. Inside the submarine, <laughs> it's yeah. Very yeah. Austin Powers, like yeah. very Austin Powers, yeah. But. Didn't have discussing X Men First Class in this episode either, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't hate that one. You know, like they that one turned me off of superheroes forever. I think that was the one that just oh, like, really? I, I got so mad about it. I was just like, but, about the see... secret submarine room. That was that, the thing. But that I could just see where we were going. Where it's like, oh, we've recast these roles as younger people, so now we can yeah. make a new trilogy to fucking just pump fucking dollars out yeah. of wallets and stuff. Anyway, instead of making a good movie like. X-Men 2, maybe. I mean, I fuck Brian Singer, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I remember thinking X-Men 2 was like, this was good. I was like 18 when that came out. It was directed by nobody. Yeah, directed by no one. Yeah, exactly. Nobody directed it. It's weird how they got got two of them out of there. Yeah, no one. It's weird. Impressive. Logan was was an interesting use of, like, X-Men characters, I guess. I, I would love to see more of that type of filmmaking. 
where like you'd like kind of take a left left field uh, take on it. And uh, th- I mean, we're not going to. <laughs> but no, I would, no, love, to. I mean, I would love to see it though. <laughs> I mean, we got the Joker, which is amazing that that, that happened. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's part two's coming out, and it's a musical somehow. Like, sure. I mean. A lot of cocaine decisions in the original uh, Joker. A lot more cocaine decisions, it seems like, in the second one. Cocaine is like like the best thing to make movies on. (laughs) All right. Having nothing to do with cocaine, uh, Letterboxd, of course, is a uh, place for Place for cocaine. No. It's a place for cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine lovers. I have multiple tags about cocaine. People are definitely on cocaine on Letterboxd writing reviews and stuff. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. But it's a, it's a place for as a social media site where people get to talk at with into each other about the films they love, you know maybe that maybe the films they didn't love the films they saw while high on cocaine who knows, uh, the everybody gets to, everybody gets to have their say though uh, it's not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world everyone gets to have their say bottom up democracy people and it is uh, best expressed for the purpose of this bit succinctly keep it tight keep it tight folks and uh, this is the Letterbox one-liners for Desperado. Let's go. El Mariachi, bless me, Father, for I have just killed quite a few men. Buscemi, no shit. <laughs> that was the real, the real twist. The real twist is that he goes into the fucking confessional booth, and he's, you know, you think he's going to confess, and it's yeah, see Buscemi, it's Buscemi in there. who is billed as Buscemi, which I love. Yeah, with that beautiful shot of the fucking cross, like the wide hitting the making the cross formation on their face and shit. Which he would yeah. copy in Machete because it was so good. That's true. He, re, he redid it with Cheech Marin and uh, Trejo in Machete. Anyway, go on, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Salma Hayek. That's it. That's the review. That's the guy. That's the guy that crashed. His, <laughs> that's. I was gonna say that was that was the guy interviewing her on that clip. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that's the guy that crashed his uh, car into the other car. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Which it's like my car's totaled, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Day still okay. Cool guys don't look at explosions. Hashtag hot. <laughs> True. Hashtag hot is correct, I think, with the people in this. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I feel like. Bashimi is attractive in this movie, though. I mean, don't you think he's yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Tarantino is a handsome man in this movie, you know? I mean. Bashimi and Tarantino have never been hotter in, in anything. Agreed. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like this is a hot movie, anyway. I feel like this. There was a lot of. Hold on, I'll go back. I, 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 I feel like there were other walking away from explosions movies for sure. But this is one of the ones that was like it became like a thing. And and and, and one of the reasons why it's because it was one of the best. It's so sure. good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's pissing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the it. whole uh, the dick glass, dick glass, dick glass, that that whole thing is Tarantino just came up with that on the fly. That's of course he did. That's fantastic. Yes. He's looking at his glass, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass. That's <laughs> weird because, like, he does that like every single time I ever see him like backstage on something. That's what he's saying. Exactly. <laughs> dick glass. A plethora of guitars in this film, and not one plays Wonderwall. <laughs> it's mariachi music. I don't know what to tell that person. Yeah, I was gonna say wrong film, man. Give me my guitar bazooka stat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he shows up on a church bus. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Very they're like, they're like, and, and it's the same church bus from the El Mariachi, too. The same yep. type. Oh, hell yeah. That he, that he jumps down onto. <laughs> well, Steve Buscemi is such a legend and doesn't need a name, so you just name him Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> 
facts. It's like, uh, what? It's like the fucking, the, the Clint Eastwood, like the man in black, the man with no name. It's like the Buscemi with no name. Yeah. <laughs> Where was that spinoff? Yeah. <laughs> the st- a story of a lone guitar case and the attractive people it surrounds itself with. Also, there's bullets and explosions abound. That's kind of true. Yeah. The uh, the two things that if I hadn't chosen the uh, the the background that I ultimately chose the two that I would have that I have like loaded up or whatever one uh, of them is the mural in that church the other one is the guitar at the end when they just leave the case behind it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Danny Trejo dials a payphone with a knife blade, <laughs> <laughs> which is so cool. Yeah, that's I what mean, Rodriguez gets it, man. I mean, yeah, dude. That shit in the movie, that's what makes it put this movie over the top, you know. It's the it's the it's the little things in uh, in filmmaking and those little touches that and attention to detail that that makes it so wonderful. Yeah, I just wonder if that was like a move that Danny Trejo learned in prison. Like, like um, maybe I don't. You think you wouldn't think they would have knives in prison, but maybe it's Danny Trejo. Uh, I mean, they shift. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like, like, but like, like, you know, you're threatening somebody while dialing the phone. I yeah. dial with my toothbrush. You know, <laughs> those are the letterbox one-liners for Desperado. Please, 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 please follow the Chango Enjoyer. Uh, Chango. Uh, ch- I'm straight to point. That's I know the the, ch- the Chango Enjoyer. Okay. <laughs> Snap correction. Let the record show that I mispronounced the 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 beard. By the way, we didn't even talk yeah. about the like. Tastes like piss. That's because we piss in it, and that's not all. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was, like I was gonna say sound you had, uh, every time he like pours it. Yeah, you know, you know that Tarantino would go on to make uh, Tichango Unchained. There you go, Chango Enjoyer over there. If you, if you if you like that Bond mod and everything else, please follow the show Moving Extravaganza on Letterbox. He's seen worse dive bar bathrooms, uh, so you can follow him there. I am machine. Just don't follow him to the bathroom. Just don't follow him to the bathroom. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm Machine Gun Guitar Case, Kona Neutron over here. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm watching uh, all the highbrow stuff, the midbrow, the popular sphere. You can follow me along for the Criterion Collection. It's a good time, people. It's a good time. Uh, J. Andrew El Mundo World is straight out of central casting, uh, whereas his letterbox feed is anything but. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is very random. He watched all the weirdest stuff, so you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. Who am I to judge? He's doing it either way. Yep. Uh, and you're, you Take the he journey. Follow him. Follow him on Letterboxd. Uh, Raygun Bush down there, great letterbox user, great letterbox account. Highly suggest you follow him as I do. Um, he's he's I, he doesn't have a specific beat or anything other than he's a big fan of movies, which is why he's on this damn show. And uh, yeah, you could you could do a lot worse than, than following Reagan Bush. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and El Mundo. Please, 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 please take us away with plugs. All right. You're watching us right now on YouTube. So please do those YouTube things like comment, subscribe, hit that bell. And of course, the big ask is watch that video to the end. You get to hear that great Conan Neutron song. And that allows us to find more movie uh, fans. Um, Last episode is doing pretty good numbers, right, Forrest? Yeah. No. Yeah, and, who knew? Uh, you have Sam Cedar from Majority Report on. Who knew? It would be a good show. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. And our, uh, our subscribers have kind of, you know, We've gotten 150 in the past week or something. That's been a, it's been a, it's been a jump. We have like we yeah. really haven't uh, jumped up in a little while. You know what I mean? Oh, like, this is good. Oh yeah. Feels and good. Uh, you know, and, those and, games. Send some, and, and send us some uh, super chats so we can get a, uh, you know, so we can buy ourselves a piss warm chongo. <laughs> <laughs> or we may get one for free if we remember somebody's face. And <laughs> 
Uh, and if you're watching us on Twitch, uh, do those Twitch things. Uh, subscribe. Um, you know, uh, the, the big thing is, is if you have an Amazon Prime account, um, you can subscribe for free. Costs you nothing. But we get we actually get money on that end. So so, you know, please help us out that way. The Twitch thing is what the people on the cocaine decisions were doing when they made those cocaine decisions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we're on we're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, as uh, Conan and I were talking about earlier, spoutable. So you can see all my spurts. <laughs> Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this, Randy? Like this thing called spoutable? Yeah, it's like no. Twitter, but with a whale theme. <laughs> I thought he was making this up. I literally thought he was making this up. Like I was like, no way. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and, and like at one point, uh, they, they had I'm trying to throw my more... phone into the fucking ocean. Sometimes, Instead of honestly. tweets, yeah. it's, it's over, like folks. They were over. called spurts, but they changed it because like somebody finally just said, "Guys, yeah. guys, spurts, not so yes. good." So now somebody talked to a off. teenager, and they're like, "Maybe we should not call it that." Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Spoutable. Well, yeah. There you go, folks. There you go. But but uh, you can find me there. uh, Hive, (laughs) respout Andy on Spoutable. Apparently, yes. Respurt. Yeah, respurt or respout. I don't know. Who cares? I don't know. Don't please don't do that. That sounds like it's illegal in several states. Don't do that. Probably is. But yeah. Um. But no, we we are uh, seriously though. uh, We are on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram. Which are three sites that normal people have, so yeah. you can find us there. <laughs> um, you know, uh, p- people on Spoutable are just the ones looking for a Twitter alternative. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, we have a Patreon. Uh, you know, please support our Patreon because one of the great things about Patreon is you get access to all of our after. If, you, if you're just not getting enough of us, if you like this banter, you can get more of that if you pay. That's right. And and you the can go back. Market. And the best thing is, is if you want to see us do something like this, where we're just kind of going off and just doing our own weird thing, but with Andy Kindler, you can pay money and do that. Yeah, that was, That's that something you can do. And mm-hmm. we highly, highly encourage you to do that. So if you can, please, please help us out over there. There you go. So that that was a, the extended pitch for the Patreon for the after party. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, and of course, uh, Conan, you have a uh, Protonic reversal right behind yeah, you. We got one more. We got one more thing to plug. Uh, first oh the live oh, show yes. Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. oh my course. god yeah, 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 yeah. that's next week literally a week yeah. from now so uh, uh we're gonna be off for a couple weeks besides this because we're all gonna go to caterwall and help out uh you know yeah, yeah. throw 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 the you know throw throw the festival together but um, everyone on screen will be a caterwall so there's we're no, we're going to be on screen, but yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Everybody on this phone, <laughs> but um, you know, people people the audio version didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. So we're gonna have a live show Tuesday, uh, you know, May twenty third, eight p.m. It's gonna be free. So if you're in New York City, Sanger Hall in Queens, we're gonna be there. We're gonna watch Mean Streets. We're gonna talk to Matthew Film Guys to be up on the panel with us. We're gonna try to. I, bl- live I believe uh, it. it's Film Man. You know, we we don't have the copyright <laughs> to be Film Guy. <laughs> well, so we're gonna, try to, we're gonna try to stream it. I got to figure out how how best to do that. But um, you know, I'm gonna bring my camera to the city. So if, if we can't stream it, we'll have it up at some point on the Patreon, probably. So um, you know, we're gonna be there. We're gonna watch Mean Streets, and then we're gonna talk about it. It's gonna be a fun time, and I uh, I think everyone should go. And hopefully, if I don't sound like a you know a complete moron reading this right now, I'm gonna cut <laughs> this and use that as a promo for the. <laughs> 
Yeah, there you yeah. go. So live yeah. show, Mean yeah. Streets with Matthew Film Guy. Hard to argue. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and who knows who else might show up? Because, because, uh, maybe I will. No, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> that would be impressive. Yeah. That'd be quite No, no, but I think we'll have other people from Catterwall there. Hell yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I think, I think, uh, a few of the Art Gray Noise Quintet folks are going to be coming yeah, out. Yeah. And I think Joe, Joe's interested. Joe, Joe Cannon will be there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, who, you know, former guest, if you, uh, you know, uh, while, while you're in this drought, it, go back and watch uh, our Wings of Desire episode with Joe that's Cannon. That's right. It's a who's who of who's been on this show. It's going to be that show. Yes. A who's who of who? <laughs> yeah, probably more accurate for most of us. Yes. True. But so, uh, Protonic, now it's me. Talk about me now. Yes, yeah. Protonic Reversal. Yes. Um, you, you know, you had that big episode with the guy from Slayer. Yep. And I've had a few since then. So I had... Yes. Uh, I had Brett Bradford from Scratch Acid and Suckling. That was a great episode. <laughs> and uh, I this just recently had Gareth from Speaking of Catterwall, Gareth from USA Nails from England. Hmm. Uh, and cool. uh, that was that who, was who will be also playing with you uh, on Wednesday night uh, and... after the night after the live show. True, which we should probably have a flyer for, but do not. Yes, at, at Vitus. We're playing Co Neutron Secret Friends or Vitus with USA Nails, Adira Horse, and Art Grey Noise Quintet. So that's a, that's a ripper show. If I do say so myself, yes. <laughs> as someone who shall be doing the ripping, uh, at least one quarter of it. Um, so uh, this is a very New York heavy part of the of the plugs, I guess. But if you're in New York, go to that as well. I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a great time. I haven't played New York since 2019, so or New York City, anyway. Cool. So it'll be exciting. And of course, um, if if you can't make it out to Catterwall. And you need some Conan Neutron music in your life. Well, we haven't even talked about Catterwall, really. We talked, like, around it, but... Oh, yeah. You're right. I feel like we have. <laughs> I don't know why you feel that way, but anyway, here it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's because that's what I've been doing all day, talking all right. to Jason. Um, who's so not here to be at Catterwall. Here's here's all 55 bands. 55? I don't know. Uh, playing Catterwall 22-3, including Chapile, featuring yep. Reagan Bush, our guest tonight. Here, let's Our do a, uh, couch slutter playing that day too. That's pretty cool. Couch slut rip. Their set last year was insane. Um, yeah. So if you're anywhere remotely near Minneapolis, uh, go go see Catterball. 26th, 29th. It's a. I worked it out and I talked about this this morning on WMSC. It's it's like two dollars and fifty cents per band. Come on, mm. come on, people. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a steal. That is a steal. And these uh, big time. These fellows are going to be there too, so I don't know if that's a selling point or not. But if, <laughs> if you like this show, one would imagine <laughs> we'll be about, yeah, yeah, a boot if you're Canadian. Yes, yeah, uh, we're just a shoe if you're American. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, yes, and of course, if you if you can't make it out there and you need some more coded neutron music in your life, um, you can go to Bandcamp.com/slash/neutronfriends. That's not, that won't work. No. That's not the URL. Wait. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know what comes up when, when you do that. I don't think so. Maybe I haven't tried it. Neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I got it backwards. Okay. Anyways, uh, I don't yeah, actually. Sorry that, that, sorry that something isn't here is what it says if you type the thing that you said. So definitely do the thing I said instead. Yeah, yeah. Do what Coden says because he knows better. Uh, that could just be like a life ethos, really. Maybe. Yeah, because my life ethos is if you're going to do something stupid, do it really stupid. So there you go. There you go. Um, merit to that. 
Yes. Uh, but but uh, yeah, go go to neutronfriends.bandcap.com. The thing that Conan said. And um, <laughs> the thing that you say every show, but screwed up this time for some reason. Anyway, yeah, because for some reason, <laughs> I don't have it written down. Uh, I don't know why. We don't know either. Uh, I have I have a uh, dangerous nomenclature written down. There you so go. I forget that. I can just glance CP. down and go dangerous nomenclature off Bandcamp. Uh, <laughs> it does say Bandcamp Friday, which is not this week. It's not Bandcamp Friday anymore. That was from an earlier no. show. Yeah. No. Um, I just never took it off from the last Bandcamp Friday. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyways, Randy, um, this bit is always know. like this. By the way, this is how it always is. <laughs> hey, you know, I have <laughs> this a is part of the bit. Too, I understand. Yeah, yeah. The, the only reason why I do it is because nobody else was, and uh, I'm like the God worst person right. to do it. So it, it just turns yeah. out like this every single time. It's never but, more. Uh, yeah, that much. Morris. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, and can... just my plugs are like 17 minutes long. So that's just you know, yeah, because you Sorry. know you got like you know action chief. You like which you haven't even gotten to yet. Um, but action chief also will be at, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. With I'm Joe sorry. Cannon before it mentioned Joe Cannon. That's true. Spoilers. True, true, true. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's put it back up there. Yeah. yeah. Get some. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Catterwall run. I have the, I actually have the, uh, the actual poster. We haven't released it yet, but I have the actual poster. I'm able to pull that up. All. Oh, I thought you meant like the real. You pull it up from the desk, the physical. Uh... That, that would be pretty cool. That'd be a good physical reveal for sure. Yeah. Here we go. I can, uh... Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, don't. You should have got. You should have gotten every. Yeah. You should have gotten a version was... of it where every band you have every sign it and then you. There we go. Uh, so that that's the actual. Oh, there's gonna be print, printed versions nice. of these at uh, very at cool. So this is the printer poster, which is uh, Mr. Dale Flatham. You should you should uh, try to get as many bands as you can to sign it, and then try to sell sell off that one to like raise money or something like that. I It'd have to be on the other too. side because there's too much going on on this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Remind me to do that, Randy. <laughs> sure, no problem. Like Forrest, that's your job now. You just volunteered yourself. Yeah, that's why you're at Caterwall. You have to be like, hey, you like, sign this. Yeah. What? It's like why how I got to do plugs. You know, nobody was doing plugs. I suggested. No one else it. Hey, like, okay, you're doing you plugs. You sound the poster man. <laughs> hey man um but uh yeah besides caterwall where can people find you raygun um uh, chatpile.bandcamp.com and randy rules r-u-l-z.bandcamp.com or on spotify or title or apple or whatever you fucking use we're <laughs> we're about is title still, people still i refuse title? to believe title exists I don't believe it. You know, it's up there with the, if I, whaler for a while. For a while, Jay Z was trying to push that push that shit that so was, fucking hard. Yeah. He was on the he was on the press run where he was like he was like, oh, you know, uh, I got my shit on a uh, title. Yeah, you know, a- a- Andy's on whaler throwing a harpoon for a title song. Yeah, he's 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 Andy's all over it. He's he's on all these things. Yeah, so find it's... me there. I guess. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any shows besides Catterwall coming up? You know, we have a show coming up. This is live, right? Mm-hmm. People yes. are watching. Okay, so yes, <laughs> on Saturday, we're playing with Cherubs, although it's sold out oh, yeah. in Oklahoma yeah, yeah. City here. And then we're off to Roskilde. I, is that how you say that? The festival in Denmark? And, yeah, uh, I don't know. I took German, but 
that didn't help. For it's that. Danish, but it's Danish, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Kind of and you got some. You got some. Uh, well, you got that one show in the UK with uh, St. Pierre Snake Invasion uh, and Sugar Horse, right? Yeah, the yeah, show? we're playing two shows in London, Arc Tangent Festival, then a show in Manchester, and then Core Festival in Glasgow, Scotland. So that'll be fun. I yeah. We've got a tour Very coming cool. up that we're about to announce. We'll just tease that. Not announced yet. In a week Big thing's two, coming. U.S. Cool. And just uh, Cherub, uh, they're they're at uh, Catterwall too, right? So, so Cherubs are playing Catterwall. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Just, so, I can't yeah. wait to see them. Heroin Man is a terrific album. I'm excited to see Cherubs. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be great. That's one of the most haunting album covers I've ever seen. You know, I mean, it's, it's like it's pretty wild. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yo, but yeah. speaking of title, do you remember when somebody was heckling Kanye West? And uh, yelled, nobody, nobody likes title at him. Uh, That's funny. I didn't know that that it happened. Wait, this this was. I, I just thought of it because I haven't heard anyone mention title since <laughs> since then. I saw somebody posting music on Instagram from title today, so people do use it. I, you know, I'm. Don't go by me, man. Okay? No, I would prefer for everyone to sign up to title. Right. To right. get the album on title. That's right. what I prefer. Nobody likes title. Yeah, but people like Wait, who said no one likes title? I'm a <laughs> haters, haters. Wait, so you're a hater. It's a lot of people who like title. What do you mean? Yeah. 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 He likes title. I like title. That rocks. No one likes title. Amazing. What a great idea. Even if it's the best thing ever, just saying that when he's just so... Yeah, I mean, does he think he's better than Neil Young? Neil Young failed in this similar way. Yeah, you know? like the freaking Pono, right? The, that yeah, little, like a uh, triangle-looking thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Fail. <laughs> no one likes Pono. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> ah, likes it. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Goes drive his uh, his uh, ga- his um, vegetable oil-powered Hummer around and run you over. Thank you. His vegetable oil-powered <laughs> Zamboni. <laughs> Um, he does have a vegetable oil-powered Hummers. No one else knows that bit of knowledge. Yeah, really it's him and Schwarzenegger. Yeah. They're like, I was going to say Zamboni buddies because Forrest poisoned that bit for me, but <laughs> they are, in fact, uh, Hummer buddies. <laughs> Thank you. Hummer buddies coming this fall. Yes. But, uh, you know, our illustrious guest, Reagan Bush, any final thoughts you want to bring up with, uh, with this movie? I love Desperado. I, I recently foolishly constructed a top 100 favorite movies list ever. I think this is number 56 on it. It's, it's on there. I I just love it. I think it's, I'm, you know, like I said, I was like 11 in 95. So this movie just hit me then it hits me now. It's everything I want a movie to be. I love, I just love, I love Desperado in terms of style and action and stuff. Beautiful. Aces, A plus. Anyway. Oh yeah, hell yeah, Conan. Yeah, man, this is an absolute multi-course meal of cool as hell pulp filmmaking. Uh, I love that it's a, a sequel, not a remake, in the grand tradition of Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. And it manages to take everything, makes the first one great with a bigger budget and star-making turn for uh, Banderas and Hayek. Charm and the effortless bravado uh, elevates the ideas that were in El Mariachi uh, into something far better 
there's all sorts of cartoonish and gratuitous violence, but it's done so stylishly. It's beautifully shot and it's one of the more deeply entertaining films of the entire decade. Uh, I think this is um, th- th- this is if you're into this kind of movie, this is about as good as good as it gets is for me, and uh, that's saying a lot because I'm a, I am very much a heavily plotted guy, and it almost doesn't matter in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bloody and bullet riddled good time, people. What I wish want? it didn't matter in uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that yeah. yeah, it does matter there, and it's <laughs> I have notes on that one. This one, no notes. Um. But uh, Andy, final thoughts? Yeah, this movie is such like a gateway drug. You know, like Biden's always talking about how (laughs) marijuana is going to get you on crack. Um, uh, (laughs) This got me into Hong Kong cinema. Um, Like there's a straight line. Um, I'm now, you know, uh, literally like I did a line of Hong Kong cinema right before we went on air. So, so uh, (laughs) there we go. I can can vouch for that. All right. Well, uh, you know. Thank you guys for joining us, and uh, I hope you get a piss warm chongo, uh, you know, ready for you right, 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 right after this. And uh, come to our live show at Sanger Hall next right. Tuesday. We're going to be off from this, but we're going to be hanging out, watching Mean Streets, talking to Matthew Film Guy, and uh, trying to figure out how to live stream it. 